What's up, you guys? Welcome to Waldwin's Words. This is three out of three episodes that we are recording today. So going to pick up the energy. We got it going. I'm so stoked for this one. This episode features 18th and Addison. And I'm not just saying I'm excited because I manage the band and I love them so much, but also because they're amazing and I know it's going to be a great episode. So you're going to learn all about the band. You're going to learn about them. Actually, individually, the way that we're going to be doing the show is Scott is going to talk to Tom from 18th and Addison, and that'll be one interview, and then I'm going to talk to Kate in another interview, and we'll mush it all together, and it'll be one episode. So that's the format that we're going for. Uh, Scott and I actually co-manage this band together, so we know quite a lot about them. We are always on the phone. Tom and Scott have such a great relationship. They are constantly talking, so that is definitely going to be a very, very interesting segment of that. Kate and I, we did that good Charlotte thing together, which was so much fun, but like, I don't know, man, we're in a group chat together, and I think we're kind of in solidarity there. It's like, we're just going to let the boys go off and say what they need to say, and then we'll be over here doing our other shit. Um, so I'm excited to hear that one. I'm excited to talk to Kate because she has an interesting past and they're both amazing musicians and, uh, this is just going to be a great episode, you guys. And as you can tell, I'm talking really fast. I'm really excited for this one. We also just got done doing the second rant episode, so I'm kind of still hyped up about that. And you can listen to that, that Tom is on it. He also, um, helped with the first rant episode. So they're just on the phone a lot today. We're here in the studio for the past three hours, so let's get straight into this one, I guess. But before that, I just want to say you can listen to, to Waldman's Words. I was going to say you can listen to Adobe Radio. You can listen to Adobe Radio whenever you want. I'm not your mom. But you can listen to Waldman's Words every single Tuesday live at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or you can listen to the podcast anytime that you want on adobe.com, Spotify, iTunes, and your Amazon Alexa. Just say Alexa enable Adobe Radio. And when that's all good and done, you could say Alexa play Adobe Radio. And if you're playing it during the times when we are live, then you could hear it on your Alexa, which is super great. We also, the show reruns, and we don't mention this all the time, but every once in a while we'll sprinkle it in. The show reruns every single Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific time. So if you're an early bird on a Sunday and don't know what you want to do, you can hear the rerun of the show. So let's get down to it. 18th and Addison, the Waldman's Words episode. Hello, welcome back to Waldman's Words. We canceled. We, yeah, we yeah. We started this off <laughs> on a weird... Uh, a weird note. So. And you'll never hear it, but Tom did, and Tom honestly murdered a stranger because of it. Yeah, that's what that squeaking door noise was. <laughs> yeah, the movie Scream Three is about Tom. Yeah, I, I had to, I had to, I had to dispose of the body. Well, this is Kate. Couldn't have that. That's why Kate's not in the room. So basically, we're recording the Kate part next from the afterlife. Yeah, this is the <laughs> Tom and Scott twenty minutes. Yeah, buddy. So I'm going to head off into my little corner of the studio and uh, let you guys just go at it. Thanks for letting us, Emily. No we problem. really appreciate that on Waldman's Words, brought allowing, to you by Scott Waldman. Allowing Thank you, you. This 20 minutes. So. I know that you're like the co-manager for this band, but you're not the co-fucking-manager of this show. You're the co-host. Get it right. <laughs> 
it's like so much more intimidating with the sunglasses with the sunglasses <laughs> <laughs> all right tom i'm gonna text you a picture right now of what i look like, like with an angry face i don't know who the you think you are? I, I think I'm Scott Wallman, and I think I'm wearing sunglasses. Whose name <laughs> is on this show? Uh, mine. And I'm wearing a shirt that says Scott's Tots. No joke. All right, so we're going to interview stuff now after you guys receive this text, and I want your opinion. And then we'll start the actual interview part. And I will um, I will not say more words. This is the Tom Kunzman. That's hour. right. This isn't Burke's words. But but we're in the Berkshires. Ooh. <laughs> funny no actually <laughs> emily is wonderful she's the co-host i used to say when she's here but she's here now permanently so it's dope she edits the shows this is actually a show that'll need editing because we took out that weird ass part that you'll never hear but i'm really happy that she's gonna open every single show and close every single show and she's gonna be interviewing this wonderful woman murderer named kate di benedetto next but right now oh i got a thumb up on the pick who is that? That was mine. Oh, sick. You have small thumbs. All right, so Tom, <laughs> I've gotten to quote-unquote know your parents on social media, and they seem like removed, quote-unquote, really, really nice people. Did they show you music growing up? Because I'm assuming they didn't give you the knuckle tats. <laughs> no, they, uh, they, they pretend the tattoos are not existent. Um, Sounds like Fran like, Waldman. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they know they're there, but they choose to believe they're not. Um, that sounds like but, America with Trump. <laughs> like they know it's existent, but they just try to pretend it's not there. Yep, and they still vote for him. Anyway, <laughs> I love this. So, this, is, uh, this is already better than my interview with Kate will be. <laughs> but I love Kate. I, I am excited for a part two, though, I gotta say. Oh, no, part two is going to be good. It's just going to be not as good. But sometimes the sequels are better, like Godfather Part 2 and Sister Act 2. But anyway, you're up. Um, first of all, yeah, Godfather, yes. Uh, and that's not because I'm from New Jersey. Um, but yeah, I mean, with music, it was, uh, it was a mix of my parents and my Uncle Michael. Um, my dad had, a, had CDs all over the house when we were younger, and... Um, you know, at any given time in the car, we'd have Van Halen, Aerosmith, Bruce Springsteen, uh, anything you can really think of, to be honest, like from around that time would be on. And that was kind of what initially caught my ear to music. Like I started to really I didn't understand that I was really loving harmony and why I was loving the way music was flowing. All I knew is I liked it. I could have. I liked it. I liked it I a liked lot. It. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I, um, I couldn't like put my finger on it really until I was probably about, I want to say seven or eight. And I just kind of like gravitated towards guitar, like not necessarily seeing anybody play, but hearing it and knowing that that was the, the sound that was attractive to me. But what sounds specifically um, though? Cause there's obviously you can, you play guitar. So it's like an E minor yeah. seven or was it the feedback or was it a power chord? Yeah, it was more power chords than anything at the time. Um, some riffs, you know, I really uh, immediately from the start really had a, an appreciation for really catchy and um, I don't, I don't want to say like intricate riffs. I'm not like a music theory guy by any means. I don't really understand specific time signatures. or Right, but you know melody and you know what you like. Yeah. And so when I think of like an intricate riff, I guess to make it 
Adobe friendly for the kids listening, listen to some Coheed and Cambria riffs. They're all over yeah. the fucking map, yet they're catchy. Right, and they're a great example, actually. They, they, they're they not necessarily a band when I was a kid. Like, all my friends were in love with them. For You know, for me, I didn't relate as quickly, but as I started to get older, I was like, well, you know what, I didn't. I wish I respected them more when I was younger because, yeah, I do realize that now, how much you know, they were they were so rooted in the technical aspect of music. But, yeah, everything was very melodic. There was a harmony on basically every instrument. And you really realize how great of a band they are as you get older and you kind of start to form, you know, after hearing different styles of music, obviously. It's like I had to adjust to hearing different things. And, you know, as a kid, you're kind of stubborn and arrogant and all i wanted to hear well a lot of stubborn arrogant people when insomniac came out because that was green day was one of the first gateway drug bands for me and i know for a fact that you're about 10 years younger than me and it's the same but when insomniac came out you were like what year were you born so i could feel shitty about myself along with when (laughs) emily says this i was i was born in 91 okay fuck you you were born just before Dookie, and then just before Insomniac, you were like, like shitting on the floor when Brain Stew came out, and like when that happened, I was already like in Vietnam. So let's think. When Insomniac came out, I was in high school. Green Day's Dookie came out when I was in eighth grade, and I wasn't cool enough to know Sloppy Hours or Kerplunk, but I heard of Dookie. And when Insomnia came out, it's funny, you brought up the sellout term in the last episode. Well, not last because it wouldn't air then, but our last rant episode, which was fun. People got really angry at Green Day, and they called it kind of like the sellout record. And shut the fuck up, right? So anyway, back to you. No, I, and it's it, it's just a funny thing because I could go on forever on that topic. Oh, we know you can, and we know I can. Yeah. Yeah, but believe it or not, we're already we're already almost halfway done with our interview. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. That's that's life. I know. But yeah, I mean, dude, it, it really started off from that where it was mostly uh, power chords were really the first thing that. Wait, can you explain really what a power in? chord is though to someone listening who doesn't play guitar? Like, try your hardest okay. to. I guess the best way to do it is I should put it into a comparison. So I guess since I mentioned Aerosmith and I'm a big fan of Joe Perry. If you listen to Walk This Way, the intro to Walk This Way is considered just a riff. It's arpeggiated, which means you're just dissecting the notes that would be in a power chord. And when you play all of those notes together, rather than arpeggiating them, you play them as a full chord. It's typically a power chord. It's just three notes played together all at once. Or two. And it, or, or two. two. Yeah, right. you can do it as two. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just it literally it does exactly what the name says. It just gives it more power, adds more balls to the to the guitar, to the tone. And, you know, there's there's Joe Perry. And then let's mention Green Day again. There's Billy Joe Armstrong. You know, and they so both have Joe in their name. And they both have Joe. Hey, Joe, where are you going with that guitar <laughs> in your hand? So I just want to say something quickly that I thought that that was a really good explanation. And I will just say because I'm a music theory nerd. So I'll say that on record. A power chord is technically not a chord. A chord is three or more notes played at the same time. Power chord is either two notes, which is less than three, or three with the octave. So the octave is actually the same note. So FYI, it's not a chord. But fuck the fucking fucks that are like, it's not music. I'm like, okay. 
And also, fuck the fucking fucks that critique <laughs> bass players for using picks. Because you know what I say whenever they say that? I might have even said it to you. You may have. Do you remember? No. Of course you don't, because you didn't say it. No, basically, <laughs> Paul McCartney uses a pick. So it's like anyone who says, I'm just like, oh, really? Okay. Um, you know, oh, we like, didn't get onto this yet, no. Literally the most successful bassist of all time uses it, and it sounds awesome, and it's a subjective medium, and fuck you. Hey, it's for the song. I mean, with 18th and Addison, I track bass on the majority of our songs. I write a lot of the bass stuff, and I... For almost all of them, I use a pick. And then certain sections of a song, I'll play with my fingers, like traditional bass playing. But it's what the song needs. It has nothing to do with I agree. You know what you want to do, what you think is cool or uncool. For one, if you have to think about cool, you're not fucking cool anyway. So, and we talked about that briefly last episode. And I think that that's mm-hmm. honestly one of the more articulate things that I've heard on this show recently. So thank you for that. And also, fuck you. So... <laughs> Now let's 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 talk about your parents at another time, not on air. Thank you, Kunzman clan. <laughs> I won't go further with that. So Green Day. You and I wrote an article together for Substream about Green Day. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna attempt to ask you a question about Green Day that I haven't asked you. So this might be difficult, but what about because you talked about bass playing, and so did I. What about Mike Dernst's bass playing sticks out to you the most as a songwriter and musician? Placement and melody, right away. I love that you, I think you and I have a lot in common. You're better looking than I am, and you're taller, <laughs> and I'm older and stupider. But I, was, I would say something similar, so I give you the floor. How about this? Because you're good at these rants, because you talk a lot, and so do I. I want you to do a two-minute rant on the base work of Green Day. Two minutes. Okay. Do you think stop. you could do that? Yeah, just stop me. I No, I, I'm going to. And I'm going to start right. you in now. All right. So the most perfect way for me to describe it, and this is why Mike Dern, and honestly everybody in Green Day is a massive influence on me and on Kate and on the guys in our band, but um, when it comes to Mike Dern for bass playing, I look to him a lot because, like I just said, I really appreciate the placement of where he does things because he's never overstepping. He's never, you know, you, you're in a band with Billy Joe. The guy is a melodic genius, and Mike Dern is great with harmonies. He's got probably one of the best voices on the planet to harmonize Billy Joe. It's like they couldn't have gotten any luckier than to be in a band with each other. And, uh, you know, there's never a moment where I feel like the bass work is overstepping the vocals it is always locked in super tight with trey cool and whatever trey cool's doing it's just it's literally it's the they the entire band is its own backbone there's not one person that stands out greater than the other it's just that they're one band to me that especially in a modern day where i think a lot of people at least people i grew up with are always looking for that guy or that person in a band to look up to it's like green day it's just a monster in itself there's no you only look at this one person or you only think about this one. It's the entire band. And it's because of those types of things. They all do it in their own right. But when it comes to bass playing, Mike Dern's great at it. So if you go and you dig back and you listen to the early records on lookout, 
then you listen to Dookie is kind of where you could tell that he started to really refine his playing and really start to understand how the songwriting and the structures were working. Everything was laid in perfectly. Everything really carried the melody. It didn't get in the way of it. It just carried it and boosted it, if anything. And then when the time came for, let's say, American Idiot and 21st Century Breakdown, you'll actually notice, and people were mad about this, is that Mike Dern actually took a back seat and was just playing pretty much the root notes. He, he stayed away from you know, the typical uh, Mike Dern style. Time. He went in. All right, cool. That was great. Thanks. I'll give you an A-. minus. No, I know. No, I, I, I A minus grade Emily all the time, but I really mean <laughs> A. And for the record, if someone is ever doing a customer survey and you give someone less than a perfect rating just because nobody's perfect, this is another rant. Jump into a fucking tree. Because those <laughs> ratings literally, like, get them hired or fired or paid or whatever. And, like, unless they, like, say something anti-Semitic on the call, give them a perfect rating. What do you, what's your take on that before we um, are almost done with this interview? <laughs> <laughs> My take on... Uh, Just being a good person to people in yeah. customer service because their job's fucking hard. Yeah, just don't be a piece of shit. Everyone's trying to do the same thing. People are trying to get by and not everybody is in a position to not do that kind of job and go pursue something they're passionate about. And some people don't have passions and they just kind of are there and they're just trying to, you know, feed their family and you don't know what happened in someone's day. We all get impatient with people. And, um, when we're having a bad day, we tend to take it out on others, but um, I love you. Someone like shit. I I can't propose to you on the air because you're engaged and I'm married, but like, honestly, (laughs) this would probably be the worst thing I've ever said about Kelly. If I had met you before Kelly, I might have trouble and I'm not gay. (laughs) Just so you know, Dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. <laughs> did, did Tom hang up? <laughs> yes, 18th and hang up us in. No, so we have five more minutes. That's just a genuine thought. I mean, that's what I think about as I, I've been in those positions before. Where what, in positions was... where dudes who are married who manage you say that they love you and <laughs> yes. would marry you? Yes. Who are you? I mean, he's like, yes. I'm just so good looking that this happens every day. Yeah, dude, it's all the time. What can I say? No, but like I've been in that position where I've had to be on the phone with people who are disgruntled. Disgruntled? Disgruntled. I'm on the with, phone with people who uh, are disgruntled all the tomb. Yeah, and it's just like at the end of the day, it's like I was, you know, I didn't have anything crazy going on in my life. And I was still getting frustrated by having to take that on the phone and then have to hear it from someone else when I stood up for myself. So it's like, you know, when the, when it comes down to people having kids or you know pets and a mortgage and things like that that they care about and that they need it's just kind of like dude it's kind of like what i just talked about literally in the episode tune into waldman's rants number two which aired a few weeks prior to this and if you're feeling salty tune into the first waldman rants episode (laughs) tom kunzman is like an adobe whore right now it's amazing (laughs) <laughs> I'm just sorry canceled Tom Kunzman is an Adobe person who puts out right now <laughs> I'm just gonna move in that's it I'm just gonna put a cot in the studio put a Scott in the, the studio corner. and Juven yeah. <laughs> anyway so we don't have that much time left so tell the people listening about you know your EP that's dropping in early September yeah so um 
I guess for starters, we recently signed a deal with Wiretap Records. And, Shout out uh, to Mike Cubios, who is on the show. Shout out to Rob Castiglione, who is also on the show. And most importantly, shout out to Emily Burke, who is this show. Yeah, all great people. Um, all great people who have an immense amount of faith in our band, and they're all working really hard with us, which is another important point I think should be made for people and bands who are listening because it's not a matter of you sign a deal and they do everything. It's a matter of you're signing on to work with somebody, not have somebody work just for you. So, um, yeah, with that in mind, it's been a good relationship because there is that understanding and it's still very early on. But, uh, yeah, we're excited. We got a new four song EP coming out called uh, Old Blues, Modern Love. And, yeah, that'll be out on Wiretap Records September 6th, produced by John Ferrara. Shout out to John Ferrara, who I was actually going to give a shout out to right after. And Tom beat me to the Kunzman. He is the man. World's best producer. He's fucking amazing. He's so talented and he's a really good person. And Emily and I actually talk to him right before I pull into Adobe every single Wednesday. So, and I just want you to, I think it would be really stupid of me and of you to not talk about Kate DiBenedetto to close out this segment. (laughs) For the record, she has never stabbed anyone in my presence. (laughs) Not in mine either, I swear. That's uh, not what you said yesterday. If it was going to be anybody, it, by now it'd be me. But that's, that's fair. Debate. <laughs> Decate debate. <laughs> Kate debated that. Is that good? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's not like right. lol funny. It's more yeah, like oh roll eyes funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what I go for. I my my success in humor is the 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 unsuccessful humor (laughs) i mean a bad joke told 750 times is the best joke ever oh yeah which is why if anyone was going to get stabbed by kate by now it'd be me for sure (laughs) oh bless your heart all day yeah (laughs) but no i mean i there's uh there's a lot to say i mean it's she's my fiance for one there's a lot to fiance there's a lot to fiance about this uh, yeah, she's my fiance. She's one of the singers in the band. I don't know who the other one is. He's not very good. We try to keep him in the back. I'll but, say um, this on record as well. She's a better singer than you and like everyone. <laughs> Literally, she has one of the best voices on planet. And I love your voice, I Tom, agree. and your playing. But Kate's like a fucking diva. She can hit the high notes. High, high notes for a living. <laughs> But no, I say it all the time, actually. I say how much I love hearing her sing, and sometimes I really kind of try to uh, push more of that in our songs, especially now. It's just her voice has been fitting really, really well with all of our songs, but more so now. I think we're both writing stuff that is in a different comfort level for us both, but um, especially for her where it kind of fits this nice mid-range where she's able to kind of sing lower if she needs to which she's it's something too again that's something i admire is that she is great as i think she is already and have thought since i met her and we were both in separate bands um you know it's like she still wants to work on things and i think that's really important and you don't really find that in too many musicians i work with a lot of musicians i've played for a lot of other bands and there's a lot of people who you know they've got some you know, gratification from people for doing something one way for a long enough time and they don't think they need to progress. 
And, uh, you know, as soon as we were done recording this EP, actually while we were in the middle of recording this EP, Kate was talking to me about how she was interested in vocal lessons to kind of be able to channel her lower range better. And it's like, I'm really glad you said that. I just want, I want to close this out with that because there's a quote that I've been using a lot lately, which is, or Kately, which is if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I think everyone needs a therapist. Everyone needs a doctor. Everyone needs a lawyer. And if you're a musician, chances are there's someone better than you possibly playing at a subway, the restaurant and in one. So if you have the means and the money, take lessons. The best singers in the world take lessons. The best guitarists in the world take lessons. Yeah. You can never know too many warm-ups. You can never be to i mean just play a lot if you're a guitar player this is what i do like i'm i've liked what i've done on our stuff and i do get the you know the approval from kate and our bandmates and it's nice you know it's great when people tell you like oh i think that was great like you're so good it's like cool thank you but like at your head it's always i could have done that so much better and i feel like if you're not thinking you could have done it better you're already done you've you've lost the whole game it's over and yeah i consider that even to how you think if you don't want to learn new things, I feel like at that what point, the fuck are you you're doing, officially right? old. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Get out of the way because I want to know. So it's like, for me, it's like I want to get better at my guitar playing and I want to be able to, you know, uh, compose and produce better songs and music and things that I can understand Kate's voice and I can understand my better and how do we work together to make our band sound better because it's about the whole thing overall and she's the exact same way. And she's even better with it when it comes to vocals, even with guitar. She's things she tries to learn my stuff and I try to learn her stuff. And it's cool. You know, you got to be that way. Well, challenge each other. So it's important. Well, I guess speaking of challenging each other, that's a good note to end on. You did not challenge me at all in this interview. I love talking to you and I'm a super fan of Tom Kunzman. And I'm also a super fan of the sweetest murderer I know, Kate DiBenedetto (laughs) and the meanest murderer I know. Emily Burke. So she just gave me a deuces peace sign because she's going to kill me. So I'm going to (laughs) stop. The adjective that I would use to describe this segment slash interview is fucking incredible. What would you say? I like that. I'm just going to go with that. I like that a lot. That was strong. Thanks, dog. Strong Island. All right, Emily. I'm going to log off my email. And I'm going to log out of this computer. Don't log off your email and you send this to myself. Why? Why can't you just use your email? Oh, yeah. Like, seriously, this is what I have to do, Tom. Literally, like, (laughs) this is what I have to do. I'm going to leave now. Tom, you're great. So are you, Emily. Kate, don't kill us. Hello, and welcome back to Waldman's Words. If you were listening to the first half, we were not on it. Uh, I have Kate on the line. Say hello, Kate. Hello, world. She is the other half of 18th and Addison, and so we're going to be doing, we split it up boys and girls. It's 2019. I don't see the reason. We could have done anything. I actually suggested that maybe I should talk to Tom, and then you, Kate, will talk to Scott, and Scott was like, it's going to be awful. Yeah, that backfired, but I'm happy we're doing it like this. It backfired, and now I, he, he, won't, he won't get over it. That's all, I, which we're going to do. We have scheduled a part two. Uh, to do it that way so we need to prove them wrong yeah we will we usually do sometimes Uh, I mean here's (laughs) so basically this segment and feel free to correct me or uh, 
you know, add on to it. Tom and Scott can go on forever, forever and ever. Uh-huh. So I feel like this section of the episode is going to be for those people that, you know, like to sit and relax, take a nice drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scott and uh, Scott and Tom definitely love to talk. And when they both talk to each other, it could go on for hours. You and I are definitely more relaxed and chilled and laid back. But um, that's kind of how it's been since we've started our relationship with you guys. It's always been them and us. And we have our little healthy competitions of because of our personalities and how we both, uh, how you and I are very similar. And so are Tom and, and Scott. So, Yeah, I feel like from the outside, it's always like, it's like, well, Scott and Tom. But then we're always, it's like, we know everything. And we yeah. hear everything. <laughs> we're always there. Like, never underestimate us because we know everything that's going on (laughs) we're the quiet ones you should worry about exactly like they honestly believe that we are murderers and i don't know where this came from but i agree i don't get it i'm gonna roll with it you know yeah but let's just let's go into it so usually the way that this works we go starting from the very beginning up until where we are now and I'll be honest, I was sitting in during the Tom and Scott episode, and I could only hear a little bit in and out, so I don't really know. I wasn't paying a lot of attention, so I don't know what they talked about. But let's talk about you, Kate. So where are you right now? Where did you grow up? What are you listening to? So I grew up in Ocean County, basically. I've been here, unfortunately, been here my whole life. Um, not in a bad way, but, you know, obviously, once you get to a certain point, you want to grow and you want to move on. Um, but yeah, I've been here my whole life and obviously I met Tom just in the, like the local music scene and didn't like him very much in the beginning. <laughs> well, why not? Why didn't you like him? He was just, I mean, I guess it's not much different than how he is now. He's just obnoxious, but I guess, uh, he is a little bit more of a charmer once I started to get to know him a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, we just didn't clash. We didn't clash. We always clashed more than we got along. I mean, we knew the same circle of people, but. Him and I just never really clicked. <laughs> and then uh, one day we just, you know, once our bands disbanded, we started just talking and found out that we obviously have similar interests in music and what we were looking to do with our own music that we were writing. And then after that, we got to know each other better by just hanging out and stuff. But that was definitely a part of our journey that a lot of people don't really know that we essentially hated each other at first and now somehow we're getting married. <laughs> well, the line between love and hate is very thin. Yeah, I guess it worked out. Um, everybody for some reason thought that uh, it was going to happen, that we'd be together, we should be together, but we never saw it coming. But then they saw us in a band and they were like, yes, this is exactly what we should have been doing all along. So people saw it before we did. Uh, a true New Jersey love story. <laughs> <laughs> But you grew up in uh, Ocean County, so what were you listening to? Like, what is your first recollection of music? Did what your parents listen to, and then what did yeah. you, like, as you were getting older, did you rebel against that and listen to something else? Yeah, I mean, it was, for me, it was always a little bit of everything. Like, I grew up with my dad loving Metallica and all those, you know, Godsmack and Alice in Chains and all that kind of stuff. And then my mom would blast country music, Johnny Cash, Patsy Cline, um, Loretta Lynn, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I obviously I've had I kind of had the best of both worlds in that situation. And then um, my cousin used to live with us growing up. So he kind of got me into different music as well. Um, when I was kind of old enough to find my own music that I was into, I started getting into obviously the old like punk pop punk songs and 
you know, Good Charlotte, Green Day, Jimmy Eat World, um, stuff like that, that I think taught me the most about what I would eventually end up loving about even what I can contribute to our music is obviously the melody and Good Charlotte made me want to learn how to play guitar. So I kind of have a little bit of everything just from my parents listening to so much and then obviously finding my own my own way with some of the stuff that I grew up listening to. And we actually wrote an article about Good Charlotte that you could read on Substream right now. I was about we to say, did. listen, I'm so in the podcast mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. We, we ranked uh, their records from, you know, what we thought was the worst to the best. And I, I think we were pretty good. So if you're a Good Charlotte fan, you should definitely check it out. Yes. But you said something, because I had a very similar story, too, where when I was in elementary school, I had a cousin that lived with me, too, that was high school aged. And uh, I I got a lot of my music inspiration from him because this was like 2005-ish and he was really into like Linkin Park and that whole scene. Oh, wow. So I kind of contribute that to having him there in my life showing me music videos and music with bad words in them. Right. <laughs> from when I was yeah, my, very young. My cousin was, it was more so like, he showed me The Cure, he showed me Billy Idol. He was, and again, those are two totally different artists um but he he was actually living with us so long that he he inspired me to start playing guitar like I I always wanted to play guitar my dad got me a guitar but him living with us and him being a musician as well he actually would be playing constantly which actually forced me to want to play more and learn more from him and thank god he did because I feel like he's a big reason as to why I continued to to be so interested in guitar because it was constantly around me not only just music in general from my parents but with him being around me growing up to where kind of forced me to want to like have a partner and play guitar and show him new stuff that I came up with and stuff like that so it it was cool it was cool to have that dynamic in the house I mean I believe it you know you get music inspiration everywhere um and you've actually been playing for a long time and I mean, I really want to focus a lot on the future, but I feel like it's really important to know where someone's been to know where they're going. So you've been in a lot of bands and you've actually had a lot of success. So talk to me about how that started. Yeah, I mean, from a young age, obviously, I I played music and at one point it was time for me to try to find a band. So I had obviously my one of my first bands ever that was definitely more like it was more like punk rock, I guess, still, but we weren't any good. Like, we just strictly did it for fun, just like everybody usually does with their first band. Um, and when I was in that band, um, I started writing some of my own music, and then I ended up coming up with some songs that I guess some people heard that were interested in starting, like, development deals with, like, younger artists. So, long story short, a solo project emerged from that, which forced me to leave the other band, and... I had some success with uh, with that growing up, which was great from like 16 to probably 19, honestly, uh, right before we started, not started this band, but, you know, talks of Tom and I being together were really happening. And uh, we did some stuff with MTV. I was like one of the first MTV artists to like, I guess, put some, they, they, I was one of the first artists that they put something out with, which was cool. And I got to do my first two month tour with that thing. And it taught me a lot about what I wanted to do now growing up and moving forward. And um, I'm thankful for it because it taught me kind of what not to do (laughs) in this band and, you know, all the lessons I learned along the way. And again, being so young, doing something like that, it it teaches you a lot because, again, you learn what you want to do and what you don't want to do. 
and you have certain people around you influencing you and then you do something like 18th and Addison where you have full control and it's it's really exciting to come from that and then um, just because of the opportunities I've had and like the, the larger spectrum everything was on with that solo project I was able to meet people like Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory I play for for his side project What's Eating Gilbert um, so yeah I've, I've been lucky and I'm really fortunate to still be playing music after all this time yeah I think that's a really good point to bring up as well where you know people who have success young and then try to you know switch directions and everything and deciding what to do from there on and you you and Tom are both really young you're in your 20s and I'm saying that's a 22 year old but I hang around like (laughs) Scott and he always says it all the time where you know he's like I'm the old man where it's like he's really not um but you know people who believe like oh I'm running out of time or this already happened where do I go from here um and you know you started a band with Tom 18th and Addison and you have an EP coming out in September and you just signed to Wiretap Records where you know one thing that you think will be your end-all be-all really just leads you to your next step exactly yeah and again I was very fortunate to like get a little taste of what it was like to you know tour and do all that very young um, but it was also challenging being that young. But again, learning all the lessons that I learned in that band that both Tom and I, even with his other projects that he was involved with, um, it really does make this band what it is today. Because there's constantly like even when we're trying to think of, you know, our next plan of attack where we think of the pros and cons and we think of maybe mistakes we've made with that band or our old bands in general. Um, and we say, hey, let's not do that. Or, hey, it, it, it might have worked. Uh, we should maybe try it again. We'll see what happens because even with this band, we have so much more confidence. This is what we both feel like we've we've been supposed to be doing for as long as we've been playing music. Like you finally find that band, and now that the wiretap thing is happening, and we're writing music that we're probably the most proud of that we've ever had. It you know you hope it stays that way with the industry the way it is, and you hope you get the right opportunities. And with this band, it's just been getting better and better, and having the right people in our corner has been great. And that's actually a really fun question to ask. Have you known that you had always wanted to be a musician or was there a period of time maybe when you were like 14 that you're like, I want to be a scientist? <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, before I even learned, like, basically I was a, a an athlete growing up and then I an injury sparked something like medically with my, my foot where I had to get like a ton of surgeries. and I couldn't play sports anymore. What do you play? And my, I used to play basketball as a point guard, uh. the shortest point guard, guard alive, but um, I was really good. And, you know, I, I literally, like, from a young age, wanted to go to college to play basketball, which probably never would have happened because I'm only 5'2 and insanely short, obviously, but for the sport at least. But, um, yeah, so the injury kind of sidelined me from doing any of that permanently because it was, like, a an ongoing issue for me. So my dad bought me a guitar, and that's kind of how that whole thing started happening for me where I had nothing else to do but try to learn something else and I was always into music I mean growing up I was constantly like asking my dad to you know put certain songs on and I had a Walkman when I was really little that my dad had that I was playing songs on and cassettes and all this kind of stuff and then um basically it just it became a thing where I always wanted to do it like I couldn't stop doing it after that and then it was just a matter of finding the right people But I've also had moments where, like, at the end of the solo project, when things weren't going my way and it wasn't exactly what I wanted, that I didn't want to play music ever again and you get into, like, a really dark spot. Mm -hmm. 
but then you find people like Tom and, and people that have the same, you know, goals as you in a band, then it makes you believe in it again. And I'm just happy I got out of that funk. And yeah, I, I don't plan on stopping. It's what I need to do for the rest of my life. I'm happy you guys got out of that funk too. And I'm not just yeah. saying this because I work closely with the project or I want people <laughs> to, but honestly, the EP that you have coming out and the songs that you guys are writing are so amazing and I'm so excited for people to listen to it and freak out about how amazing the songs are mm -hmm. and speaking of which I know that Tom and Scott mentioned this before because they got to it before we did they recorded theirs first which next time we do this we're recording we're ours first, first. yeah we're <laughs> we <got> first <laughs> you guys got to all the topics and I don't want to like you know give Copy the same it. information so that'd be a very boring podcast but <laughs> talk about the EP that you have coming up believe it or not we're more than halfway done with this segment so I want you to talk about the EP a little bit and the songs and uh the writing process and the recording process with shout out again John Ferrara yeah well first off John is great I mean we've never had a producer understand us like John Ferrara has um so I can't even say enough great things about him he's like the best producer I think ever I mean and I've worked with certain people that I've loved working with but there are certain people that just understand you and it doesn't seem like it's so much work to get the songs where they need to be because they he believed in us so much already and believed in the songs and the the dynamic between all of us was just great so that definitely turned into like a great friendship too so shout out to John for sure but um yeah I mean our new EP is called Oh Blues Modern Love we it's got four songs on it. It's gonna be put out through Wiretap Records, and again, it's probably my favorite music that we've ever written um, in this band ever. And the whole writing process has been great. I mean, since Tom and I have been working together, the process has kind of changed a little bit. Like it used to be where Tom would come up with something and write the song, and I'd add my twist, and vice versa. And then eventually, it turned into more of us collaborating and the songs got better and better because of that. And now I think that now that we've both found our niche in this band where, you know, Tom's probably mentioned it before. He, he is like insane at making up certain guitar parts that I necessarily can't. Cause he's just a, an amazing guitar player, which is what I love about it. And then I, I'm a sucker for tons of melody and songs and we both can contribute each of those things to the music, but we know our strong suits in this band now more than we ever have. And I think because of that, it's made the songs that much better. So moving forward with putting the, this, this EP out, it's just been so exciting because we want people to hear it so bad. And obviously we just released, released leeches um, on Spotify, which is the first single. There's a music video for it. And you can buy um, it on iTunes. Hint, hint. Yeah. You can get it on iTunes, Apple music, everything uh, at this point. But yeah, it's it's a strong song, and I think it's a great representation of the, the EP itself. The EP in general is really just about letting go, moving on, moving forward. Um, there's tons of negative and positive things that kind of happen in your life, and it's it's really about letting all that go and finally moving on, whether it's something you're dealing with yourself or the people that you surround yourself with. So we're just excited. We really can't say enough good things about it. I think I know everyone here on our team we're so excited about it too and i'm happy that we're able to do this episode and get you on uh waldman's words even though the uh namesake of the show is not here scott <laughs> i know right he left us hanging <laughs> he, he was here for the tom i think you know we have like less than five minutes left of this i think we need to say one nice thing 
about Tom and Scott. <laughs> I don't know. Scott left me high and dry, and I see how it is. He doesn't care about us in our segment, but whatever. But I'll try to say something nice, I guess. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love you, Scott. We love you, Tom. Tom, obviously, my fiancé, I can't say anything better about him besides the fact that I love him and he's literally the best bandmate I've ever had in my life and I'm not just saying that because I love him Uh, I really I've I've never written or been involved with somebody like Tom before even his drive with everything we do it's insane he keeps me on my toes for sure and this band would not be what it is without Tom and his hard work and Scott he is the best manager next to Emily Burke of course thanks um (laughs) <laughs> no, but really, like it, it, it's great to have people involved in your music that genuinely love and care about you as as a human, um, and also love what you do. So Scott is one of those people, just like you, Em, and we're just grateful to have all of you in our lives. Oh, that was really sweet. <laughs> I'm nice sometimes. I, I, they honestly believe that you are going to kill them. I don't get it. I, I don't, don't get it either. I'm a murderer. Uh, I think, you know what, you'll listen to the Tom part of this interview, and I would say a good, like, two and a half out of the 20 minutes are just about, you know, knives and murder and yeah. us. and I, I don't know what I did to make Scott believe that I'm a crazy person, because Tom is the one he has to worry about. <laughs> Tom's a lunatic, and I bought him a giant knife for his, his birthday or something. So. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I instantly regretted it, but he needs to protect me, so. Uh, I guess that's that's the only reason to ever do. That's Does it. he like collect knives or something? No, it's just like a pocket knife, and his other one started to just like get dull or whatever. So I thought it was a good gift, but then I realized how much larger it was compared to his old one. Oh my god! And I instantly regretted it. Oh, is he the always carry around a pocket knife kind of dude? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, t- Scott, I am not the one to worry about. Yeah. But I guess it's good because he likes he likes Tom more, so. Oh, that's not Tom true. <laughs> Tom, Tom just... So we're very different people, and I think that's why this works. And I think it's also surprising, like, why Scott and I are a team, because he's... If you listen to the show, you know, he's so lively, and he's always on top of it. And, like, he mm. walks into a room, and he's immediately in control of that room. And it's something I commend him for. But I'm right. very much the opposite kind of person, where it's like... I hear everything that's going on, I think very methodically... But I am not the loudest person. I do not have the loudest voice. But I can guarantee that I will give you a very good, informed decision and opinion. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm like that as well. I have, like, this overwhelming, like, energy that I can read from people and just, um, I don't know. Tom and I have a good dynamic in that way. Tom is definitely a little bit more social and, like you said, on top of things and just very vocal and loud and fun and I'm totally not but I'm still there and down to party (laughs) yeah always down I think that's why that's why we did this interview that's why Scott and Tom did that interview (laughs) believe it or not that is the end of the episode so I went fast it usually goes by so fast that's why we always have to like keep the timer um but if you have any final thoughts questions remarks fuck you toms um that's been the theme yeah i mean i have to say fuck you tom just once at least yeah um but he knows i love him obviously and then no just anybody that is listening i I hope that they check out our band obviously like i said leeches is out now on pretty much all digital platforms spotify 
iTunes. Um, and the new EP comes out September 6th, and I want everybody to listen to it, and I want to know what everybody thinks. <laughs> I want that, too. So please listen to it. Uh, you can find 18th and Addison online at, at 18th Addison. If you Google 18th and Addison, you'll find them. If you Google Kate DiBenedetto, you'll find them. If you Google Tom Kunzman, you'll find them. If you Google Fuck You Tom, you'll probably find the show. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, yeah. Yeah. Should we just name that now? We sh- Honestly, it should be the tagline. I'll put it in the bio sure. on Facebook. <laughs> That's see, awesome. See how long it takes for Scott to notice that it's there. You have to make sure any other Toms you guys ever interview don't get offended, or if they do, they shouldn't be on the show. <laughs> well, actually, the owner of Adobe is named Tom. Oh, perfect. So I don't think it would work out. I, I always call it our uh, Adobe corporate overlords. So I feel like our corporate overlords will not would not take kindly to that that is so funny i had no idea that that was his name <laughs> <laughs> yeah tom sorry tom uh, tom kunzman fuck you tom adobe tom you're super cool and we enjoy being on your station everything yes, rocks we, we always tell people to listen to the commercials and on that note you can listen to waldman's words every single tuesday at 5 p.m pacific time 8 p.m eastern time you can listen to the podcast on adobe.com spotify itunes and your amazon alexa uh that has been this episode of waldman's words goodbye <laughs>